Hello? Hey, man, it's uh, Brendan. How you doing? Oh, hey, what's up? Nothing much. Uh, so just a quick little thing. Uh, I had a friend that was looking to uh, have an errand done. Uh, pays uh, 500 bucks. Oh, shit, dude. We could actually get Ian a mic with that money. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's pretty quick work. So what's the gig? Uh, pretty simple, honestly. Just uh, break into this abandoned house and collect a few videotapes. Well, shit, if it's abandoned, it shouldn't be too dangerous. I know, right? It's a quick job. Easy in, easy out. Abandoned house. No harm to anyone. New mic for Ian. Hmm. Wait, wait hey, are... What the fuck, man? Are, are you recording this? I was actually about to start right as you said that, <laughs> but yeah. it's probably better than what I had. Um, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Ruminations of Red Rum on the Ruminations Radio Network. Today, I am uh, apparently the host, Brendan, the new blood, and I have some very wonderful people with me. Uh, Ian, you got any special monikers this week? The heck does that mean? Names monikers? You, yeah, names you go by. You you change your name frequently. Oh. And we haven't really had many discussions recently, so I figured I'd I'd get it right. What am I like a luchador? Um, it well, is Ian <laughs> with two E's. I was gonna say, based on the Mexican Barbaro episode, uh, you would not make a great luchador. <laughs> or you could be or you could be the italian luchador um how you how you doing how, how are things what have you been watching what are you up to um, what are, you, are you are you drinking anything right now oh yeah oh what, yeah what drinking, are you drink? drinking the classic the absolute classic uh it is pepsi and it is coming from a mug that says dope and it has homer simpson on it and it's cool story behind this mug actually uh, I found it in the desert, but that's it. And uh, what have I been watching? Wait, just, just wait. <laughs> just wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> What's up? So you found a Simpsons memorabilia mug in the desert, just chilling in the sand? Yes, I just found it in the desert, and it was uh, it was just, I saw some peeking. So I picked up that piece of glass, and it was a whole mug. And I uh, cleaned it off when I got home, and it was a Homer Simpson mug. And I thought it was really dope, and I still have it today. I use it quite often. Interesting story. Uh, why were you out in the middle of the desert, though? Um, because I'm from Arizona, and that's what we do. That's what us lizard people do. Kyle? I've never done it. Okay, well, sorry. Uh, also, what have I been watching? Uh, I watched quite a bit of films, quite a bit of films. 
quite a bit of movies, if you would. And it's all been horror. I think this month I've only watched horror, and I think I'm only going to watch horror because um, it's it's October. So why not? And I've I've watched a couple, uh, mostly just meh films like Hashtag Alive. I'm a little little late on that one. Um, Cav Cavet Cat Cavit. Cobbit. Caveat. <laughs> what was that? What was that ungodly sound that just came out of your microphone? It was it was a laugh. Oh, that came uh, over really distorted. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was my British uh, impersonation of that movie's title, by the way. Cobbit, and uh, it was all right. Not how they say it. Cobbit. <laughs> it was alright um, some of the notable ones I kind of just want to bring up in a later episode if we actually do them so I'm not going to talk about them um, but I watched Halloween 4 which is my favorite one and I got the 4K Shout Factory edition and it is awesome it has a lot more special features than my previous previous Shout Factory uh, Blu-ray that I have. I watched about two hours of behind-the-scene footage, and uh, it was cool. It was cool to see. Wait, w- was it your favorite before this viewing, or was it previously a favorite? Yeah, it was It was actually my favorite before um, oh, okay. watching gotcha. it. That, I mean, that's why I got the collector's edition. Okay. I wasn't sure if it... I, uh, I saw that the... Uh, isn't... Oh no, the box set for Friday the thirteenth is on sale right now on Amazon. Sorry, oh, never mind. That that big box set? With yeah, the it, cool it's art down, on it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's down to like eighty dollars for the next couple of days on Amazon. Oh yeah, that's something I'm gonna be picking up for sure. Um but I know that's I know that as again, as much as we, we've talked about this, as much as I like Scream Factory, uh so many people have been complaining about that box set with damaged discs messed up oh, audio yeah. th- things like that um but yeah it's uh it's on sale this weekend if that's something that you wanted to to get it's a pretty big box set uh i don't think i mean it is super cool but i don't think that's something that i would buy for myself yeah i, I, don't, I don't know if i would either i'm not the biggest fan of those movies yeah, i'm not 80 dollars uh worth of a fan maybe once it gets down to like 50 or something yeah uh, maybe, maybe a little less <laughs> But uh, anything else you've been watching? Or are you you good? I want to hold off on the the good movies that I watched. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, uh, awesome. Well, also with us we have the enigmatic Kyle. With <clears throat> oh, I could already feel my voice cracking before I tried to go high on that note. Uh, Kyle with a K. I went low with it. Every kill begins with K. Yeah. Um, how's it going, Brennan? Uh, going all right. How about you, man? Not too shabby. I'm looking forward to this VHS episode. <laughs> cool. Good story. I, 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 th- I thought there was more coming after that. I was going to say something, but then I wanted to see how long the silence could go. So that was pretty epic. I dig it. Was, it was about two, three seconds. It was a good solid three seconds, yeah. Um, 
I've been good though. I've been uh, still trucking along through Dexter. Um, oh, nice. I'm on season five now. I passed the season that everybody says is like the best season of the series, which is season four, which has the uh, Trinity Killer, John Lithgow plays the Trinity Killer, and uh, I must say that season's a little overhyped. Honestly, um, I get why people would like that as the favorite season. Granted, I'm only on season five. I haven't seen the other ones, but I know that they only get worse from what I heard. Um, I'm still saying season one, and I even like season three more than season four, but season four gets a lot of praise, which, I mean, rightfully so. There's some crazy shit that goes on in it, but that's what I'm uh, currently watching. Playing, I've been... uh, Actually, I just finished Mass Effect 1 on the Legendary Edition. Uh, that game's super rad. I want them to make like an HBO show out of it, but that's probably a pipe dream. Um, and I've moved on to Mass Effect 2 now, so that's going good. And because it's spooky month, I also purchased um, Alan Wake Remastered, which is a remedy game. And they're the guys who make like Control, and they also made the original Max Payne's back in the day. Um, Alan Wake is super good, very Stephen King, David Lynch esque. Um, it's a really, really good story. The gameplay is awesome. The soundtrack is really good. Like Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Uh, they got Roy Orbison. Uh, they got a bunch of good shit, but that's a really good game. And I'm going through that right now because it's a, you know, a horror spooky game. And lastly, I mean, I just, um, reactivated my Peacock membership just so I could watch Halloween Kills at home. So, I will be viewing that tomorrow with some barbecue, hamburgers, and dogs, and I'm going to go gnar on it. So I'm pretty excited about it. I'm pretty excited to see that. I think I'm act- I'm going to do a month of Peacock just so that I could watch that. Because I, I mean, it's to- 15 bucks. I mean, it's it's cheaper. Oh, if is not it? The I, th- same. I thought it was nine bucks. Well, is it-, it is nine bucks. Uh, it's 15 oh. for the uh, ones without ads and. I just I, I couldn't like commit to watching Halloween Kills with like a fucking tampon commercial breaking it up or a fucking toilet paper commercial. I I, I couldn't do it, so um, I paid the fifteen dollar one because I figured I mean it's it's the same if not less than a movie ticket and oh yeah I I don't know and plus I get to watch it in the comfort of my own home and I'm I'm really excited about it. So nice. So are are you rewatching? Or are you watching Dexter in preparation for the new season that's coming out? Yes, that's exactly why I'm watching it. Um, When the run initially aired, I only watched up to season three. And then for one reason or another, I just fell off of it. Mm -hmm. Um, My girlfriend is really into Dexter, loves the show, is super excited um, for the new one. So she proposed rewatching it and then kind of me finally get past season three and keep going and so far i will say that i am very very happy that i went back to that show because that show is fantastic and so far it hasn't gotten to the point to where they're losing steam i mean i'm on season five and it still feels like they got shit that they could talk about and i'm pretty stoked about it although i did hear that the ending is very controversial controversial excuse me and uh a lot of people don't like it but um maybe they could redeem themselves with the new season i i feel like i know what the ending is isn't it Do uh, well, you know i don't know i don't know because i i'm only on season five. Oh, so. okay okay yeah and, I've, and I've surprisingly read too many articles 
yeah, I was going to say, surprisingly, I haven't had it spoiled for me. So. Oh, okay. Then I, I will um, not do that. Cool. Um, I have been watching... Hey, Brennan, oh, so what have you been up to? <laughs> uh, I'm going to try and make up for two weeks in a quick amount of time. Uh, since I was, since I didn't do the last one, um, still re still watching true blood. I've slowed down on that a little bit so that I could watch midnight mass. Uh, excellent. Can I get a fan fit? What more like midnight Sorry. ass. <laughs> Sorry. I really didn't mean to like interrupt you, but could I get like a, uh, spoiler free brief, like 10 second review from you? Cause I'm really interested in, in watching it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, I thought that it was going to be overhyped. I like, mm. I personally enjoy Mike Flanagan. Um, the first few episodes were slow. They built up tension perfectly. And then around episode four or five, you realize what's actually going on. Um, and then it just gets so tense. It's, I, I, it's not super scary. It's just really thrilling and engaging. And the, the, act, the acting is absolutely wonderful. And then when they do get into the horror element, the uh, a lot of it honestly looks like really good practical effects. Whether it is practical or not, I don't know. Um, but if it's digital, they did a damn good job at making those effects look 100%. Nice. Hell yeah. Um, I'm also right now covering uh, <clears throat> two short... Or, uh, one short film festival and one regular festival. And with the regular festival, I'm covering about 25 shorts from it. So um, I've been watching a lot of short films and my brain feels like it's burning. Um, but uh, besides that, I watched a movie called After Blue, parentheses, Dirty Paradise. Um, Go on. I, I have such you're gonna it, say something. <laughs> I, I I have such conflicting views about it because stylistically it's unlike anything I've ever seen before. Um it's such a cool concept. The the image like, you could pause each frame of that movie and make a dope poster out of it. Um it's but it gets down to the, the script isn't very strong but what i've come to realize is uh the guy that created it um his name is uh wait, hold on oh my god i had this pulled up uh the guy fuck the guy that wrote and directed it his name is where is it uh bertrand mandico uh and he has like this uh Lars von Trier esque Dogma ninety five, um, auteur style that, <laughs> and I don't know if this is ridiculous or brilliant. Um, his style is called. <laughs> Let's hear it. Give it to us. Is, is Anticipation called, is called the in, is called the incoherence manifesto. And can I just read you guys the definition of what this is? Shoot. And this is a direct quote from him. Quote. <laughs> to be incoherent means to have faith in cinema it means to have a romantic approach unformatted free disturbed and dreamlike cinegenic an epic narration 
incoherence that's an absence of cynicism but not but not irony it's embracing the genre without penetrating it sounds kind of hot <laughs> jeez louise that's all i gotta say about that one it's a I'm lot. Into it. um but no after blue is just so fucking weird and th- this is going to be a bold statement. And in the article that I wrote about the movie, I make this statement and I wholeheartedly stand by it. It's on the uh, record, guys. Bertrand Mandico is going to be the Alejandro Jodorowsky of our generation. I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. Alejandro. Yeah, it sounds familiar. That sounds familiar. That's yeah. the guy that did um, Holy Mountain. Uh, oh, El, El, gotcha. El Topo. Gotcha. Uh, some really like... I think he made those in the seventies. Uh, it's like, yeah, I had seen t- any at, of those at, films, but at the time, you know, super art house, um, mm-hmm. you know, insanely original uh, Spanish films. Um, so, I, he, he's he's you know he's highly regarded by by many people. So I, even though I wasn't the biggest fan of After Blue. Um, I can see that legacy coming for the guy that wrote and directed After Blue. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and the other movie I watched is a Spanish movie called Ego. Uh, and it's about a girl who finds a doppelganger. A foot dead uh, body. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's about a, a girl in Spain during the lockdown. Um who's just kind of, you know, yearning for a personal connection with people. So she, uh, she's a lesbian and she gets on an all female dating app and she finds a doppelganger of herself. That's like the twilight zone shit right there. Yeah. See where this is going. Yeah. It's really interesting. And, uh, the doppelganger's name is, uh, Victoria. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Victoria, we're watching you out there. I didn't forget about you. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I, I'm going to mispronounce this. Uh, Goliadkin, G-O-L-I-A-D-K-I-N. Does does that name ring a bell for anyone? It doesn't. It's uh oh, did I did I hear something? No, I was just going to say that uh, that reminds me of the scene from Sounds of the Lambs where Buffalo Bill is looking at himself in the mirror. Oh. <laughs> um. But, I, I thought that the name was so out of place in this Spanish film. Uh, and I there was a reference that, that was there, but it just wasn't clicking. So I looked it up. <clears throat> There's a novella by Dostoevsky called The Double in the main character's last, and that's the main character's last name. So I, I you know, I, I quickly realized, because uh, I paused it while I was watching it, because I'm unfortunately doing it virtual, even though it's in Brooklyn and right next to me and I could have gone, but uh, people around me keep getting sick. Um, and yeah, so it's like a, it seems to me like a very loose adaptation of that novella, the double. Um, so I, I thought that was really cool. Um, there was, there's also a Jesse Eisenberg movie from 2013 called the double. That's an adaptation adaptation of that, that I've never seen. I don't know if you guys have, I have not. Um, Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I've heard of it. Yeah, <laughs> I was trying to think of uh, who Jesse Eisenberg was. I was thinking of Jesse from Breaking Bad. Ah, that's Jesse Heisenberg. Yeah, yeah. classic mistake. <laughs> <though. laughs> um, 
Yeah, so that's pretty much what I've been watching uh, this coming weekend. I just pre-ordered um, uh, Lit- Little Hope. So I am, I am head over heels for the whole Dark Pictures anthology. Um, so and I'm going to be reviewing it for Horror Obsessive. So I'm really excited and uh, looking forward to playing that. I'm looking forward to hearing what you think about that because the first two Dark Pictures games I was not a fan of. And are are, are you including Until Dawn in that? No, of course not. Until uh, Until Dawn's amazing. It's um, not Dark yeah. Pictures, and it's also so, not Dark Pictures. Yeah. Um, but the new one looks rad. Like the premise and the story, uh, the Iraq War, and they go down to the caves, and it's like a fucking descent situation. Like it sounds Ooh. and looks pretty dope. So video spelunking. Uh no, I they're in like Iraq and I think they get like forced okay. into this cave, but then like it leads to like fucking crazy descent monsters and stuff. It looks really cool, but I will definitely be trying that out. Definitely, you know, I'll 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 give my full unfiltered opinion. Sick. All right, so uh yeah, today on tap in the queue, uh we got VHS. But wait, oh, what was that sound? Did you guys hear that? Oh my god, it's a chainsaw. Is that the Fangoria chainsaw? Oh, oh snap! Oh, I like that. Can can we get a theme song for the Fangoria chainsaw awards? Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. It, oh. it, it, that's a great. That's a great fucking proposal. And yes, that's that's gonna happen. <laughs> don't let the audience know uh so um i'm just gonna go over this real quick because there's actually a ton of interesting stuff on there and i don't want us to spend the entire episode talking about it even though we could um so into the horror hall of the fangoria horror hall of fame hmm. we have where did it go oh my god sorry uh danielle harris was entered into the Fangoria Hall of Fame from Ian's favorite Halloween movie. Hell yeah. Which one is that one? Uh, let me see. Uh, uh, she, play, she plays the girl, the little yeah. girl. Halloween the one. Uh, oh, gotcha. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> 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 Jesus Christ. Man over here. <laughs> Those two hours just... In one ear and out the other. That's uh, <laughs> yikers. I thought you meant like uh, the Halloween event, but uh, Halloween movie franchise. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, I met her at a uh, Monster Mania Con in 2012. Oh. At the, uh, I, I think I've told this story on air before. Um, uh, I went to the VIP party there because I paid like 400 bucks for my ticket. And Ted Raimi got me wasted at the age of 17. That's um, pretty rad. I don't think that's something that you can say. But that's not something he did, though. I mean, allegedly did. Allegedly, yeah. But, oh, oh, Ian, you'll like this. Um, So two of the guest hosts of the party, one was Ernie Hudson, whatever. But the other was <laughs> Sam. <laughs> was uh, Sam. Ernie. <laughs> Ernie. Wait, Ernie um, from... Uh, George Lopez. Oh, man. Um, the other guest host was Sam Trammell from fucking uh, True Blood. Oh, 
And uh, at, which at one is he? Be- uh, he plays Sam Merlot, the shapeshifter. Oh, oh, that's my um, favorite guy. Hell yeah! So uh, at the beginning of the party, uh, Ernie and Sam started by uh, there was a Ghostbusters cake and a True Blood cake. So they they both started by cutting into the cake, and then they popped some champagne bottles, and I got to hang out with him for a bit. He was so cool. Oh my god. And he I mean, is he's just as handsome in person as he is in the show. Yeah, guy's a stud. Oh my I think God. the real thing that we need to know is did you eat from the motherfucking true blood cake or did you yeah. eat from the Ghostbusters cake? I I ate from the true blood cake God, and then I, you were. then I danced with a bunch of uh actors from The Walking Dead. So it was a pretty good night. It was but, cool. but it was a fail because you didn't eat the Ghostbusters cake. I think it was a win because Ted Raimi got me. I know, I'm, like, I'm going to stop. Allegedly. And, the, and then he gave me his uh, email address and cell phone number. Name drop. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, what were we talking Okay. So we got the worst film from the Fangoria Chainsaw Awards. Uh, 2012. Anyone want to take a guess at what the uh, worst film was? Yeah, 20. Paranormal Activity 4. Uh, um, no, four is 2012, three is 2011. So, three, oh, it's gonna be 2011. Uh, three is all over this list. Three is a good one, though. I really like that one. Yeah, uh, there's that one. I think it's three. Oh, is that, I know what is it is. Is uh, Paranormal Activity three the one where they put the camera on the uh, fan and it slowly pans left and right and left yes. and right. Yes. Yeah. I love that dude that fucking that was so cool. That was actually one of the movies that uh the last episode that I was on where I talked about getting fired from FYE, uh that mm-hmm. was the one of the movies that I skipped work to go see. Nice. Worth it. Uh, I haven't any, seen it. I've only seen any, the first day. Any guesses on the worst film? I have a guess. Mm-hmm. It's 2012, right? We're guessing on movies that came out in 2011. 2011. Yeah, because it's the 20. Yeah, that makes sense. So my Um, guess is going to be the thing. Nope. My guess is going to be your next. (laughs) That movie came out in 2012. Didn't it? Yeah, you fucking piece of shit. It says 2011. No, it didn't actually. Oh shit! (laughs) Oh shit! Um, it is Human Centipede Two. Ah, I haven't seen that one. It was uh, the first one. It I've only was seen a the third. Oh. <laughs> it's a weird <laughs> so, flex. So weird flex. <laughs> I've seen all. I've seen all three. Oh, okay. Um, Come on. Let's talk about my flex. So uh, <laughs> uh, it was up against <clears throat> Shark Night, 3D, Paranormal Activity three, the Damn. Colin Farrell vehicle Fright Night, and it was a mo- not what? terrible. No, it, was not, not, it wasn't terrible. No, it, it was a pretty faithful adaptation, wasn't it? Or remake? I haven't seen the original. Oh. I haven't seen the original in a long time, so I can't. Do 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 Fright Night. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Oh, that that's the theme song from the original Fright Night. That's what it, I don't know. it bops. Uh, and the other film it was up against was Creature, which I actually I enjoyed. I didn't have any friends in high school so my senior year of high school i would eat lunch in my calculus teacher's room and uh we would just watch movies and creature was one of the movies we watched i enjoyed it dope all right so we got best wide release film 
this time I'm going to give you guys the titles and I want you to give me your, give me your guesses. Okay. Um, Insidious, Fright Night, Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, Drive Angry, I put a cat on my lap so I don't drive angry, uh, Final Destination 5, and PA3. It's obviously it's not, insidious. It's but. not the best movie in this list, but I actually think it's Fright Night. It is insidious. Okay, good, good. I'm glad it is. I was banking that it might have been Friday Night just because the wide release. Like, I feel like more people would have paid money to go see that because it's like an established IP than like go see Insidious. So I'm glad Insidious won, though. Shout Definitely. Out to, no, don't I, be I, afraid I, of the dark, though. Shout out, to, shout out to Drive Angry. That's the Nicolas Cage movie, Fuck right? yeah. Drive Angry in 3D. Oh my. In Final Destination 5, honestly, like three and er, the fourth one was garbage. The fifth one, I thought it was pretty good. What's the one where the they're on the bus, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, where the uh, the bridge crashes. Okay, yeah, that one's. I, I don't think I've seen five. I'd I'd recommend it if if you enjoy the franchise, it's it's a good one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen most of them, but I don't remember a bus scene. Um. All right. So, best supporting actress, we have Lynn Shay for Insidious, which I Obviously. think that's. That's pretty deserved. Uh, she was up against Danielle Harris for Stakeland, um, a few other unnotable people. Uh, but Katrina Bowden was also up for that for Tucker and Dale versus Evil. That's a good movie. Good movie. Yes, that is. That's a good movie. Great movie. Uh, best supporting actor, we have Michael Parks from Red State. I love Red State. That movie's so underrated. Wow. Yes, yes, no, I, I agree. I watched that for the first time like uh during lockdown and I was like, holy shit, why did I wait so long to watch this? Yeah, like in my eyes, that's truly like the perfect definition of an underrated movie. <laughs> like when people because people always throw that term out for everything, but like that truly I think might be an underrated movie. Might. That's directed by Kevin Smith, right? It yes. is, yeah. The only Kevin Smith movie I've seen is Yoga Hosers. So Oof. I feel like I'm not really doing him justice. Oof. Although I know you're in that movie. Ooh. I do really love that. I started with that though. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh my God. Like if, if you said Tusk was good, I would agree with that because Tusk is great. But to take the single worst two moments from Tusk, the first, the worst two minutes from Tusk and make it its own fucking feature length movie. Fuck you. Yeah. Kevin Smith. Fuck you. Jeez. Jesus. Uh, I thought it was really I good. Mean, but... Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not saying fuck you guys. I'm saying fuck Kevin Smith. Right. Um. I saw about half a yoga yoga hosers, and I turned it off like halfway through. I couldn't. It's garbage. Um, yeah. There's very few movies that I I like cut. Like I don't finish. Like even if they're really bad, I'll still like like I have to finish them. But that was one I couldn't make it through. Um. But uh, M- Michael Parks wasn't really up against many um well so do you have you do you guys remember the movie red white and blue no no okay that that was big on like um extreme horror movie forums around okay. that time i i remember i bought it and uh threw it away after watching it it was garbage uh also william uh fitchner was up for drive angry he's an underrated character actor i think um, a few other random people and Alexander Skarsgård was up for Straw Dogs. Um, 
Love me some Alexander Skarsgård. Hell what yeah. a handsome dude. Uh, whoo. Honestly, every everyone in True Blood, every main main player oh, yeah. in True They're Blood hot. is hot. Yeah. Yeah. Um also shout out to Fiona Shaw, the season that she's in where she plays Marnie, she nails it. Marnie from Halloween Town? Marnie? No, no, Marnie in True Blood. Oh. She's gotcha. uh season 4. She plays a witch. Fantastic. Um Best screenplay, <clears throat> we have Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Good for them. Wait, is yeah. Marnie Halloween yeah. Town or is that Hocus Pocus? It's not Hocus Pocus, I don't think. I, I think would recommend the name. Because okay. yeah. Hocus Pocus is better than Halloween Town. So. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with a no on that one. Wait. Wait, wait, you said ho- wait, wait, did you say Halloween Town's better? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. Oh, okay, then I disagree with you. Yeah, I know. Uh best score we have Insidious. That makes perfect sense. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh best makeup slash creature effects, attack the block. Ooh, I've been wanting to watch that for so long now. Yeah, yeah, that, that was pretty good. Um yeah. it was also up against Chrome Skull Laid to Rest, um, the second Chrome Skull movie. Uh, and, Famous. uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, some, some other unnotable movies. Well, I mean, Stakeland is fine, whatever. Um, but it was also up against the dead. Did you guys see that? No, that's a, it's a zombie movie that was filmed, I think in Africa with like, uh, like a, like a real skeleton crew in the behind the scenes for that is so crazy. Like, um, a gang came up to them while they were filming in the desert and pretty much said, uh, your equipment is ours now. Pay us this amount of money or we're going to kill you. Like, yeah. Yeah. Straight and, out of Captain Phillips. Yeah, and like I, a bunch of people got like malaria or they got like really sick during filming and they st- it's it's a pretty good movie. I was going to say, I, after all that, I hope it's a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, best limited release slash VOD, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Good for them. <clears throat> Oh, this is going to be some contention. Uh, best foreign language film. I'm going to give you three of the films that are on the list, and I want you guys to get tell me which one you think wins. A, a Serbian film. B, <laughs> I Saw the Devil. Oh. C, C, Troll Hunter. Ooh. Damn, I feel I like... Noted. Sorry, go ahead. I feel like a Troll Hunter probably won because people freaking love that movie. I personally... Not a fan. Not a fan. Um, I'm going to go with I Saw the Devil because that is just an unreal, unreal film. Uh, and obviously, a Serbian film didn't win. So I agree with Ian. It was Troll Hunter. Fuck Makes, that movie. Yeah, like I, I had a feeling you were going to say that, but I was just hoping it was not the case. I'm, uh, I'm excited. Isn't Adam... Adam Wingard is doing a remake of I Saw the Devil. Um, yeah, I'm not One of the guys, one, I, I'm pretty excited about it. I, for the most part, I like his work. But why would you remake that movie? Like, it's already so good. Mm, that's true. Uh, best Actress goes to Rose Byrne for Insidious. That figures. Uh, best Actor goes to Antonio Banderas for The ah. Skin I Live In. I heard that movie was uh was good. I've always been curious. Like I could totally 
picture like the cover art in my head. I've always been curious to watch that because it looks like I could be completely off pace, but it looks like it takes place in like the 60s or the 70s. Just off the cover, but I don't know. You know I, I, cool. I haven't seen it either. Um, I like the uh, I like the way the cover looks. Oh, yeah. Uh, any other films from, uh, even though we covered the 2012 Chainsaw Awards and this movie would be considered for the 2013 Chainsaw Awards, um, which I'm now realizing in hindsight, maybe I should have looked at the other ones. Um, any other movies from 2012 that stick out to you guys? I just think it'd be important to add that uh, the same year the ABCs of Death released, which we just did an episode on, and there's also a lot of writers and directors in this movie that uh, cross the streams, some would say, and uh, cross directed streams. cross streams and uh, wrote or direct a segment in there too. So um, definitely give that episode a listen if you enjoy this one. Oh, oh, you mean people from VHS going to ABCs of Death, or vice versa? I'm not sure which one came yes. out first. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. That. That's. Uh... Yeah, because I mean. I, I I guess we can get into it. Like personally, I, I obviously I'll find out how you guys feel in a second. But to me, VHS was. I mean, obviously, I knew what found footage was, but VHS was such a good entry point for me to really get into the subgenre of found footage films. Uh, and I I think that it does such an incredible job on on so many fronts. So it it makes sense that that um people from vhs would go over to abc's of death but uh, i guess let's just get a, a little uh a little brief a little brief uh thoughts on the movie from you guys ian thoughts uh brief not spoilery yet thoughts on vhs so my first experience with this movie was at a friend's house and there were about six of us and we're pretty young uh we were probably like 14 yeah probably 13 or 14 and uh we only watched the first segment and that was about enough for us because we didn't want to to get caught with the parents because obviously this movie's got some nudity and it's pretty edgy uh so that was my first experience with it and then later i think when i turned 16 uh i went back to these films and watched all of them and uh enjoyed them quite a bit nice kyle yeah, my first introduction, I, I'm i pretty sure this is one that Ian recommended to me like three or four years ago now. And I went home and watched it based off his recommendation. And I'll have to agree with you, Brendan, that um, I watched anthology movies in the past, but not really like mentally acknowledging that they were anthology movies. I never thought about it as a subgenre until this movie. Um, I, I think you said that. it perfectly. Um, this movie was, it wasn't my introduction to anthology movies, but at the same time, it was my introduction to anthology movies. Um, the genre. It, yeah, just the genre. Just, well, no, cause I've seen movies in the genre before, but this one like established like that there is a genre in my head. Like I established that there is a genre and it's not just, you know, these, you know, specific movies, but, um, I watched it alone and I remember thoroughly enjoying it and um yeah it's uh i'm surprised i don't have it in my collection actually when i was planning on watching it today i went to my bookshelf just not even second guessing it just i thought i owned it for some reason 
And I went to my shelf and I looked in the V's and I was like, what the fuck? I don't own VHS. So I had to rent it. But um, no, it's definitely one that I, I need to add. And it, it should have been in there a while ago. Well, I'm hoping that whenever they release uh, 94 on DVD that they do like, a, even though I hate viral, I'm hoping that they would do like a nice little box set of these movies. Ooh, That'd talking. be cool. That'd be cool. Uh, so, uh, Ian, I'm going to kind of steal your format um, from the Mexico Barbado episode. Do you want me to say um, it? Yeah. Mexico Barbado. Nice. Hell yeah. Um, so I mean, uh, real quick, uh, wait, actually before that, I did just want to say, uh, what was it? The budget on it was around $240,000. That's not a lot. No, honestly, it's not. Especially um, for 2012. What, what do you guys think that the box office on this was? Oof. Next did it go to the box office? Yeah. It okay. did. Interesting. Um, I would say maybe... A hundred and sixty thousand. What? I'm gonna say like one point two five mil. One point nine. Okay, interesting. I thought that this movie made up most of its funds. So by like word of mouth. So I was totally off on the perception of this release. So yeah, that's way off. They. I feel like they're probably also counting like. Uh. VOD numbers from the first week of release because I I think it was released theatrically and on demand. Even yeah. then, I I would have thought it wouldn't have made back its its budget, but uh, I mean they made three four sequels. I don't know why I would think that. Um, so like, if you're unfamiliar with the movie, not sure why you're listening to this. Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, if you're unfamiliar with it, it's basically about a group of fucking degenerates that hold on i have a line actually okay this movie opens up with a ragtag group of 30 year olds that are a menace to society that's it oh yeah no that (laughs) that perfectly describes it they go around uh ripping women's clothes off and filming it um saying that they can sell it for 50 bucks a pop and he said they can do like two, three hundred of those a year. So, okay, good for you. Um, so they they get paid by someone to break into a house and steal a singular VHS tape. But uh, when they get there, there's so many VHS tapes. Oh no! <laughs> um, <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> Uh, so there's a a dead guy that's sitting in a chair in front of staticky televisions. So they tell one of the guys to sit there and go through the tapes while they keep looking through the house, which brings us to our first tape, Amateur Night, written and directed by David Bruckner, who did apparent who had a segment in apparently all of your guys' favorite movie, Southbound. No, I think you might be off on the director. Or am I tripping? Oh no, you're right. Never mind. Um, who you guys all love Southbound and he has a segment in that. Um, <clears throat> also, there was a uh, feature film called Siren uh, that was a spinoff of this segment 
That yes. was only it was only executive produced by him. Uh, he also did the ritual, which I really liked. Yeah. Um, and he's also directing the new Hellraiser movie that a lot of uh, fragile white males are really upset about right now. <laughs> fragile white males. He also directed the Night House, twenty twenty. Yeah, which was, that was interesting to me. Pretty. It's just a very interesting film. Uh, so, uh, so before we get into how we like it or not, this one is basically uh, a group of friends rent a hotel room, uh, assume that they're out somewhere, um, and they have eyeglasses that have a camera in it. So that's our reasoning to be seeing this film. It's all filmed off their eye camera. Uh, they go to a bar, take home a, two girls, uh, one girl is really fucking creepy and keeps saying, I like you, so why not take her home? Uh, and she turns out to be, well, we kind a of... succubus. Uh, yeah, a siren. Um, and uh, yeah, this one is pretty fucking brutal. So uh, Ian, what are, your, uh, what are your thoughts on this one? So a really good opening quote uh, to start this uh, thought process off is uh, when they're looking in the mirror when he's got the... Uh, the spy glasses on he's like so am i a spy now and then the other dude's like yeah a super spy a super ass and titty spy um just really sets the mood for the kind of dialogue that we're gonna see in this segment um the third wheel guy is props to him because he's kind of the ultimate hype man he he's laughing at literally everything they say and i mean he's a watcher I don't think that he intended to be in any of the actions tonight, but I mean, yeah, just a super, super great third wheel. Um, he played that role re- really well. He also hangs dong. So yeah. shout out to that guy. That, that, that's, I, that's one of my, I appreciate notes. that one. Um, also let's see, let's see, see, uh, girls got some nasty feet. Wrote that one down. Uh, <laughs> she, at one point she rips out, um, the uh, most hated guy, I guess, the most douchey bag guy of, of the group. He, she rips out his cock and balls, which is pretty cool. I thought that was... Um, it, this This segment has some really great um, <clears throat> gore effects, and it's, uh, its shock value is very um, very interesting. I, I quite like this, this segment. Nice. Oh, uh, uh, give, me a, give me a number. number I one. gave it an 8 out of 10. I thought it was very uh, scary, and I liked the uh, special effects. Nice. Kyle? Um, So I think this is one of the stronger ones in the group. Um, I haven't seen anything by this director before or after this movie, except for this movie. So, um, But that being said, the characters aside, um, I really feel like this was probably some of the best editing in the entire six films. Um, to me, I really feel like the way they broke up the conversations, the way they broke, uh, broke up the story progression going from like the hotel to the car, to the bar, to the car, back to the hotel and the conversations they were having felt very like genuine, even though the acting was, you could say whatever (laughs) you want about the acting, but like, (laughs) I feel like that, like it was, uh, like a natural story progression that seemed like it almost seemed like bits and pieces the way like it was cut was bits and pieces of how you would remember a drunk night 
like you remember certain fragments of everything that was happening and like but you don't remember like the entire destination and um i just thought it was done really well um i'm really into monsters i love monster movies and all that kind of shit so um this obviously had that going for it i think she looked awesome I think like her body language and stuff in the lighting was so rad and super scary. And uh, the gore was pretty cool. Um, the scene where she's like sucking that guy's blood and like coughing the blood back up on him and stuff was like really awesome. And that stairway scene is probably like mm. legit the most terrifying thing I could even imagine. And uh, I loved the way they messed with like her getting closer in the depth of the characters, like, but like breaking it up by him looking away. And it was just very unsettling. And then the end is, is I think, honestly, I'm kind of gushing about this one just because it is my favorite one. But um, I feel like the ending is flawless. Like how he's just around so many people where you think you're safe and it just grabs them. And I love the, uh, like the angle of him looking up at her while like the, like she's flying. It looks really cool. And the glasses drop. I, I, I just think it's, it's probably the best one. So I'm, I'm going to give this one a nine out of 10. Ooh. Are you going to, uh, are you going to watch the feature length? Yes. Um, I fucking saw that there was one after watching this movie. I looked it up and I got genuinely stoked. The reviews are, are very mixed, but yeah, any horror movie that gets like a 60 plus on Rotten Tomatoes is like an easy watch for sure. That movie is actually a chiller original. Which shout out to Chiller, that's uh that's a throwback, itself. Yeah, it is. Uh, I I would have to say that it it is one of the better ones in the entire franchise. Um, when dude with the glasses falls down the stairs and breaks his wrist, I, that's just yeah. that's gnarly. Um. I didn't write much I didn't write much down for this one because every time I watch this one I just kind of go blank and just stare at the screen because I just I just think it's fantastic. Um I'd probably have to give it I'd probably have to go with a nine, honestly. I think that the effects in it are really cool. Um and they just they handle their their subject really, really well. Um all right, second segment, we have Second Honeymoon, written and directed by Ty West, who I personally enjoy all of his stuff. Uh, he even acts in mm-hmm. the prolific <laughs> 2011 <laughs> home invasion slasher film. He's the third to die. You're next. I'm pretty uh, sure... He also directed um, M for Miscarriage and ABC's A Death. Yes, he did. Yeah. yeah. He did, yeah. Yeah. Which is... That was... Crazy. What? <laughs> you didn't think it was crazy? Her... I mean, she just flushed the blood down the toilet, and then that was it. It was like... But it... It's the whole absurd. Short was two minutes. It, it's absurd. It's wild. It's disgusting. I think that it's... It's one of my favorite segments in ABC's of Death. Interesting. What the fuck is happening? I wish you were on that episode, Brennan. That would have been an interesting combo. <laughs> were you guys not fans? 
Um, I wasn't for it or against it. I think I remember saying like it was just like it existed. That's fair. Um, second honeymoon is my favorite of this movie, and I would probably say second favorite of the whole franchise. Well, it's to the point. It's quick, it's fast, and it's bloody. And I love... uh, Joe Swanberg is one of my favorite actors. Um, And again, I'm just head over heels for Ty West. I think that he can do no wrong. Um, So, uh, 10 out of 10. Kyle? 10 out of 10. (laughs) Um, Second Honeymoon, written and directed by Ty West. Um, this is actually my second favorite one as well. Um, the first time I saw this, I was genuinely like, there's few things that give me like actual, like kind of like chills. And when it does the twist where it shows them both, like the camera gets raised and then it shows him, you think it's just her filming. And then it goes over to her and it shows her and you're like, what the fuck? Like that took a turn to me that was unexpected. And, uh, it was just well done. I I liked it a lot, and uh, the kill at the end is is just brutal to watch. Oh yeah, and it's it seems so personal, like the way she's digging it around and just like waving it around while it's in there. It's just it's so personal. Um, it it was just heavy, and like it had a lot of weight to it, and it just it it, it gave me a lot of emotion. I also thought it was kind of cool the way they set up the uh, kind of end. Well, they didn't set it up, but. Um, it's a little wink and nod when they get the fortune from the fortune machine. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to try to quote it because I don't remember it, but it pretty much describes the exact situation that happens, but from her perspective. It's not a fortune about him. It's a fortune about her. And uh, it's actually really cool if you pay attention to that. Um, Other than that, uh, yeah, I I don't think there's anything else I could say about it. I will give this one an eight. I'll take it. Ian? Ian? So I have two notes for this one. Um, one, it's said in Arizona. Shout out to my home state, baby. AZ. Uh, and then the second one is lesbians rule, boys drool. Uh, four to ten. Hell yeah. Next. It is what it is, Brennan. Hold <laughs> <laughs> uh, on. I actually really like this uh, the very first time I watched it, but this is like my fifth time watching the movie and it just, it, it kind of just gets boring. So that's fair. That's okay. Fair. Uh, next we have Tuesday the 17th written and directed by Glenn McQuaid, um, who also, yeah, he uh, wrote and directed I Sell the Dead, which is a fun little movie. Um uh, we'll go with uh, Kyle. Kyle, what do you think? This one I didn't particularly, particularly, God damn, enjoy. Um, he, it, it didn't have anything, like it, it didn't have any substance. I mean, he's he's known for a visual effects supervisor, so you could tell that's where he put like all of his attention is just like the killer and the way things looked. Um, I'm not sure if he did the effects on like the dead bodies through the flashbacks, but. Um, those looked really cool, and but I mean, really, this one was kind of a snooze fest for me. Um, 
the only redeeming thing I could take away from this is like the kills. I think some of the kills are cool, but I would give this one probably like a four. This is my four. Ian? Uh, I like in the very beginning when uh, they're driving to the place and they're trying to scare that dude and he's like, you almost killed that guy. And the dude was like completely across the street. They weren't, they weren't even close to him. Um, also when she threw mud at the uh, camera and he was, he, he got really mad and he was blaming the other dude. He's like, I didn't do it. He's like, you should have ninja that shit. Uh, that's, that was a pretty fun line. Also, they referenced that lake, which was probably less than 50 yards across the diameter. More, more of a pond. Yeah, it's definitely a pond. Yeah, definitely. Um, that being said, I really liked the virtual entity killer guy. I thought that was pretty cool. I thought the flashbacks were really dope. And um, again, the gore effects were pretty cool. I, I, I quite enjoyed this one. Seven out of ten. Hmm. Interesting. Um, Interesting. You know, I, I, I'm going to kind of just, I, I have to mirror both you guys. There's no substance to this one. The acting is garbage. The writing is garbage. Um, the directing is garbage. Um, like Wendy has the one line, um, you're all going to fucking die up here. Like, That's cool. I would leave. I would leave. What the fuck? That's not quirky. That's not cool. That's not funny. I'm like, okay, I'm going to bounce. Um, the kills were cool. That's literally it. Uh, the glitch dude gets spike trapped at one point. I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, and then Wendy just gets gutted immediately. So it's, there's, there's just no substance to it. Uh, four out of 10, I would have to say. I like when the guy is too afraid to smoke the weed and he goes, I'm scared of getting the beer, man. He scared of getting the beer. Probably 10 times. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It's yeah, the beer, just... man. What did I tell you? Ugh. <laughs> Seven out of 10 per Ian, though. Seven out of 10, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I thought this one was really fun. <laughs> um. So uh, next we have the sixth thing that happened to Emily when she was younger, uh, written by the wonderful Joe Swanberg, or directed by Joe Swanberg, sorry, and written by Simon Barrett, who I also love, uh, you know, Simon Barrett, um, Joe Swanberg, A.J. Bowen, Ty West, um, E.L. Katz, and Amy, I forget her last name, uh, but they were all like big people in the mumble gore movement in like the mid early 2010s, mid 2010s. Uh, and I really appreciate that. Uh, Simon Barrett is also the writer for the, I saw the devil remake, I believe. Um, so shout out to that. Yeah. I think uh, he um, also directed uh, the tape 49 segment in VHS two, and he directed the empty wake in VHS 94. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or no, did he write those or direct those? He directed them. Uh, he, he, I don't know about VHS 2, but in 94, he wrote and directed that wrote segment. Wrote and directed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I like him. Uh, also, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, he was the writer of Your Next, and he played uh, Lamb Mask. So. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Him yes. and Adam are a good duo. I 
I, I think they do a lot of things together. Yeah. Um, this segment, I would say for me, is the one that gives me like the most chills. Like, there's some really good scenes, like when the girl is FaceTiming with the guy, uh, and she has the computer set up at the edge of her bed, and you can see her open doorway in the back. And then, kind of like uh, that one scene in the first Michael Myers where Jamie Lee Curtis is standing by the wall, and Michael Myers' face slowly like illuminates as he walks through the door frame. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I kind of got that type of vibe from that shot. Um, and then like the little ghost kid or the little kid runs in the room and then runs out and slams the door like that, that gets me all the time. Um, I, I really think that the segment was just neat. And I, again, I, I think that Simon Barrett is a, a wonderful writer. Um, the, uh, I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. He wrote the guest. I don't know if you guys have seen that. I, that's one of my, favorite like um low budget action movies we Um, talked about that last episode Mm -hmm. oh yeah i i I just think that he's i i I, even if the directing isn't the best in this segment i think that he's just a really strong writer um so i i'd probably have to give this one a i'll give it a 7.5 yeah yeah 7.5 out of 10 um ian thoughts so A, worst title out of all these. B, worst actor award. Definitely goes to that boyfriend. Um, there's some really, really uh, terrible moments where he's reacting to her like getting haunted by these like alien ghost things. And I, obviously we find out it's intentional, but it's, uh, he's not doing a good job at selling it. Just because, you know, she might be not the smartest egg in the bunch. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Ugh. Five out of ten. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, and they, kid opening the door and and or uh, just closing it. Uh, that that was a pretty cool moment. I like. But also, like, he lives right. He's right across the hall from her. How have they not bumped into each other at one point? That that's something that gets me. Anyways, Kyle was it. Uh, was it implied that he lived right? Like, I know, like, it showed him walking in pretty far after, but, like, was it right after, or was there, like, a time gap? Was there a cut where he ran I'm, in, or? Okay, uh, so it was, like, instantaneous. I thought it was, but maybe not. I just don't remember a cut or anything, so I, you may be right. I don't know. But um, this movie, to me, uh, whereas Tuesday the 17th had no substance, this has substance, but Judd is, it's just poorly executed. Um, I, I couldn't agree more with Ian. The acting from that male lead is, is, it's something else, man. He has a quote that I think is really, really funny. And he says it with like the straightest face ever. Um, it's the sequence where you clearly see a kid run from like where her camera is at to the TV or or, or through the door. I'm sorry. Like clearly, like it's as clear as day. And he goes, she says, she thinks she saw something. And he's like, yeah, but it could have been anything, a breeze or something like that. <laughs> and when he says that with the straightest face imaginable, I just, it, it lost me at that point. I just couldn't do it anymore. But um, I'm not even really too sure. It, this flew 
past my head, but I'm not really too sure what the ending's supposed to signify or signify. Jesus, signify. signify. Thank you. But um, like what what happened at the end? I'm not really too sure about that. But um, this movie. Eh. Ugh. <laughs> Five out of ten. Five Hell out of ten. Yeah, that gave me the same reaction. Yeah. Um. Apparently, uh, the two girls that he's doing this to that we see are called incubators. Ah. Okay. If that if that means anything. Um. So the the last segment that we have before we get back to talking about the wraparound is uh October 31st 1998 or 103198 as it's written uh written and directed by Radio Silence the people behind uh Ready or Not um Devil's Do I believe yeah uh, or the Devil Inside uh, maybe I get those confused and let's yeah. not forget Scream 2022 Fuck yeah. Did you guys see that trailer? I did see the trailer. And I'm I'm very excited for it. I haven't been excited for a Scream in a long time, but Scream is one of those things like Halloween's. There's a Scream for every generation, just like there's a Halloween for every generation. And I'm hoping that this new generation, I'm hoping it's good. Um, They got a pretty confident team behind them. And uh, I got my fingers crossed because I love Scream. So. Oh, you know, it's going to be great. I already know. Uh, my rumination score for that is a uh, hundred out of hundred. Um, <laughs> let's not get ahead of ourselves. Right? <laughs> let's not get um, for the upcoming movie screen. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> um, Kyle, do you want to, you want to go first on this? What are your thoughts? Um, so when I first saw the movie, this was my favorite one. And this was before seeing Ready or Not. It was before seeing anything they've ever done. I didn't know anything about these directors um, or this team prior to my first viewing. And this was my favorite. I loved the effects in it. And they get a little bit of a crutch because because it has the grain of the VHS. You can't really tell how bad the CG is, but it's probably really bad. Um, Because the hands and the plates floating in the kitchen and stuff just look... Like, you could tell if that film grain was gone, it would probably look pretty bad. Um, But I still enjoyed it, like, a lot. And I love the friendship dynamic. It seemed very real. And I think that's because um, all the people who wrote, directed, and produced this are one of the four members of that group. And so they're probably all friends in real life. And I think it translated really well um, to the whole segment. Um like the banter between them was great. Um, the body language was great. It just felt real. So the characters were cool. I loved how they uh, just showed up and it winded up being like this, from what you could assume, like a some kind of satanic um, sacrifice and um, how it all kind of unfolds is really cool. And the escape from the house, that whole chase, like escape from the house is really cool. Um, and I think it ends really strong. Um, Overall, I think this is my third favorite. It used to be my first, but I think it's my third now. And um, I'm going to give this one an eight as well. Nice, nice. Ian? Yeah, I actually wouldn't be uh, too surprised if I, find out, or if I found out that uh, the dialogue was all improv because it is very natural. I agree um, with you, yeah. 
but uh, this one is the most memorable to me, just because not not the um, not the scares necessarily, but the horror factors, uh, like the hand, the arms coming through the walls, and mm. uh, the the window shrinking. That was like I've never yeah. seen that before. Um, yeah, this one I I really really enjoyed, and it's it's it always stuck with me. Um, I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten as well. Uh, so before I talk about my thoughts on it, apparently there was an alternate ending made for it. Um, I'm Ooh. just gonna I'm just gonna read what I have here for it. Uh, and it was a joke ending. It was a one take where the doors of the car unlock, the guys get out, and a train smashes into the car. <laughs> they walk away and talk about how much fun they had and what a crazy night it was as the train is hitting the car behind them. Damn. So I think I've seen that that alternate alternate ending. I, I I feel like there's a DVD or a Blu-ray that has that on it. I would love to get a piece of that. I have not seen it. Um, but you know th- this one I, is super fun. Uh, I feel like the hands through the walls are a little bit of a. Is it Dawn of the Dead that has that scene where Day of the, the Zombie hand, Day of the Dead? Yeah, yes, I feel like it's a little homage to that. I could be wrong. Um. Oh yeah. It, it does look oh, like it the very beginning of the movie. Yeah, it's yeah. like the first oh, yeah. two minutes of the movie. Um, no, it's it's just wild. But you you guys are right. If if there wasn't so much film grain on, it, and I wonder if, honestly if that's why they decided to go the route they did with that that you know calling it a ninety eight film, uh, so that they could get know, away budget, with but bu- bu- budgetarily get effects, yeah, hundred yeah. yeah. percent yeah. and. I mean, if they did, if that was their idea, then hey, they they nailed it because it looks Smart. great. Yeah. Um. This is this is whenever I think of the first VHS movie, I think this is the first segment that always comes to my mind because it, it's always been very standout to me. Um, I think I would. You guys both did eight out of ten, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's what I would have to give it. It's it's right down the line of style and substance, and it's just an all around really fun segment yeah um, with the radio silence team man that's why i'm that's why i'm optimistic for the new scream it's the same team so um, although they, they did the, do devil's do and that one was a quite <clears throat> a stinker is that a stinker i haven't seen that one it's it's ending is is a stinker if i'm if i'm correct i get i do get those movies mixed up but um they make you go to a website to finish the movie Wow, that's fucking obnoxious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think the website's active anymore. Sick. I'm pretty sure they were a part of VHS 94. Oh, no, I think that they might have just been producers on it. Yeah, they did segments together in Southbound, but I don't know about 94. Um. Yeah, no, it's looking like they were just producers on it um but yeah so so the wraparound story um i think that the wraparound story in vhs2 was way better than this one um have you guys seen two yeah oh yeah that, that yeah no you, you've said that i mean just an idiot um yeah, what are you guys thoughts on the wraparound story i feel like this one isn't very strong uh, but it was a nice way, I think, to set up the wraparound story idea for the franchise. I'll go first because I kind of disagree with you. I I think um, 
so this is by Adam, right? The guy who did here next. Um, yeah, sorry. Let me go back. It is okay. Um, I actually think that this it's probably the most important part of this entire movie. And in my experience, from my first viewing, this is kind of what kept me intrigued in the whole thing. I said it on another episode. I think it was Mexico Barbaro, but um. VHS kind of set a standard for me as far as like a preference where I like um, anthology movies that have a connecting storyline that branches out and connects them all together. And to me, um, I, I, I was incredibly intrigued by it. And it's why I kind of like VHS. Like this almost, I can't even like, put this as like one through three, but I think it's in its own category for me. And um, I, I really enjoy it. And um, just like the way it plays out and like the, like the basement scenes and um, just kind of everything that happens with the, you know, the guy they find, they, he's dead. He comes back, he goes on a killing spree and kills all of them in the house. Um, that was all cool, but I think it was just the way they broke up the individual segments that um, made it appealing to me. Uh, I would give this a seven, but I think it's uh, I think it's important. Ian, yeah, I didn't really care. Uh, I liked the whole uh, concept of bringing all the tapes together. Um, but I just felt like this was kind of a throwaway, so I didn't even I didn't even rate this one. I don't think I'm going to give it a rating. I mean, I, I'd have to at least give it a a seven because it is interesting. the The idea behind it is is very intriguing. Um, I just personally think that uh, VHS two and VHS ninety four. Um, <laughs> excuse me have the best wraparound story. I don't I agree know what Viral that. does for the wraparound. <laughs> I haven't seen Viral. It, it, Viral's like don't, that dumb yeah, ice cream yeah, truck yeah. that's going around LA and is broadcasting some pirate signal. Oh, Jesus. It's fucking garbage. Yeah, I don't remember any of that movie. Except for the skateboarding scene. I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, yeah, with the... Uh, with the Grim Reaper. The, yeah, that is pretty cool. Um, all right. So, uh, I think we can get into some final thoughts. Uh, does everyone have their overall score ready to go? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so. All right. Ian, you sounded more trepidatious, so we're going to start with you. Cool. So, um, you know, I, I, I really, really enjoy this movie every time I, every time I watch, um, I don't really have any complaints. Um, I think that the filter is a really good, um, really good out to show the gore effects and special effects. And it looks really great. Um, I thought, yeah, there's really not, there's not really a stinker, like an absolute stinker. I know I gave, uh, second honeymoon a four, but the first time I watched it, I thought it was, uh, that was really cool and it had a really good twist. Um, but yeah, I, I really don't think there's a there's a uh, sawed off leg at this table. So I'm gonna give it a seventy one. Oh, all right, 
Interesting. Kyle, Mr. Uh, with a K. Um, I enjoy this movie every time I watch it. And it was an introductory movie to my anthology genre. So it's very important in that sense. Um, I can completely recommend this. And uh, it's a fun watch. And it's got a lot of cool moments. And I agree, there's not a complete stinker in the bunch. There are just some weak contenders. Um, I'm going to give this movie a 70%. All right, all right, all right. Uh, I Kyle, kind of like you, this movie kind of opened up my eyes to what anthology films could be and what they were going to continue to be um, in the in the future. Um, and this really opened up my eyes to found footage movies. I think that. Oh God, I'm just I'm just repeating you guys at this point. There is no stinker. <laughs> Um, let me see. Thesaurus stinker. I'm um, glad I went first. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, every, I feel like every segment is strong in its own way. Um, every segment is interesting and engaging. The two hours feels like it just flies by every time I watch it. Um, each time I watch it and I've probably seen this movie 20, 30 times. Um, it's always, it's always a thrill to watch. It never gets boring and I don't think it ever will. Um, I still th- I think that 94 is the best movie in the franchise, but 94, this movie walked so that 94 could run. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we stand on the shoulders of Titans. <laughs> Holy. <laughs> um, so I'm going to give this movie an 80% or an 80 out of 100. Which brings the official, oh, I like this, the official uh, ruminations of a Red Rum score to 73.666 repeating. Ooh, I accept that. that that's cool. eerie. I like all these um, averages. I think they're very fair. Yeah, because, I mean, it's it's not an, it's not amazing. It's not you know, uh, the greatest horror movie ever made, but I think that it could, re- it really stands on its own. Um, and it was just a really genre defining movie. I think I could say. Yeah. I think it's essential viewing for anthology films. And I would go as far as saying an essential film for horror as well. Right, so any uh, any final thoughts before we head on out of here? Usually, I'd call out uh, one of the bag segments, but uh, I got I got nothing. I got nothing. Although G is for gravity, that movie fucking sucked. <laughs> that, so bad. Bad. that one, that one is so bad. That's so bad. Oh, let me let me just uh, swim out <laughs> in the ocean. Oh, oh look, my surfboard is pointing up and down. Sorry, I just puked. Uh, shout out to Alaska, by the way. Hey, Alaska, we get you, we hear you, we love you. What's up with? Oh, because they're our top listeners, Alaska. They're, they're like, true. I don't think they're our top listeners, but they're there. So, 
Alaska. In the United States. They are the state with the most listens. Oh, they are. Yeah. Wow. Let's let's uh go you disrespect Alaska. Yeah. Let's go they, we're gonna do we're gonna do a live recording in Alaska. They have my they have Dude, my dope. top pizza place. Shout out to Moose's Tooth in Anchorage, Alaska. Name oh, so you, you you've been there before? Yes. It's it's the most beautiful place I've ever been in my life. Did you have a uh, 30 days of nights experience? No, thankfully. No, do you guys like that movie? I haven't seen it yet. Oh, Wait, I, you, I, you've I, never I, seen I, 30 days of night? No. But you went to Alaska? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but you went to Alaska? <laughs> Without that essential viewing? <laughs> I'm actually kind of surprised you haven't seen that movie, Ian. I think uh, you need to remedy that for sure. I'll watch it when we cover it. Cool. All right. Well, this has been another wonderful episode of the Ruminations of Red Rum, the broken tape player of the Ruminations Radio Network. I like that. Yeah. I have been Brendan, the new blood, and with me, the always fantastic Ian, with two E's. You know, you're going to have the best day at work today, all right? And you're also going to have a really great uh, listening experience in your car, on your way, and from your way to work. <laughs> I was expecting you to say, have a bad day. Um, and the enigmatic Kyle with the K... I can't really talk right now. I have to return some videotapes. <laughs> Stay spooky, everyone.